Well, hello, ICYMI, which is, in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium Sized Business. Most of my career has revolved around being a voice and a sounding board for SMBs and their trusted advisors. So nowadays, I offer that voice to a live weekly talk show where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Love what I'm doing. I happen to be in some great company. If you are an entrepreneur and you're interested in some color on the business world, you need to check out the squad on Fridays here at talkradio.myc. You got Tommy D on philanthropy and focus before me, Jeremiah Fox on the entrepreneurial web after me, and Joseph Franklin McElroy later on today on Wise Content Creates Wealth. Speaking of color, quick shout out to the production assistant team at talkradio.myc who recently added some color to my logo. Very cool. Appreciate that. Uh, if anyone out there in Facebook Live land is uh, wondering why I'm wearing this hat, it was my birthday yesterday. I turned 41 years old. The hat says more fun than to 20-year-olds, and it was part of my attire for my 40th birthday last year. Quick shout out to my friends and family who came out to celebrate with me last night. Love you guys very much. Over the last 20 years, I've noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday when we feel the freedom of the weekend descending upon us. However, we are also anxious to start the weekend, myself included, Friday is usually martini night, uh, that these crucial pearls of wisdom, they often get overlooked and forgotten in, fun, in favor of our fun weekend activities and the freedom from work. On Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors, Coincidentally, my last name means free in German. It's not just a play on words, people. There is some deeper meaning here. Uh, it's almost the weekend. I've got some shades on. We're going to get this party started right about now-ish. Today's topic of discussion is communicate confidently and avoid commoditization. I love this topic. Financial professionals, they can be some of the most trusted advisors to SMB leaders and their staff, but are they speaking the same language? Our special guest and his team have reviewed thousands of financial advisor service models. Unfortunately, they all tend to say the same thing. Comprehensive financial planning, wealth management, insurance, tax optimization. While those terms can be pillars of a financial advisor's business people, they don't communicate the value an advisor provides. The value is in how those services are cultivated, monitored, communicated, and executed. So that's where our special guest comes in. He and his team are masters in the world of it's not what you say, it's how you say it, it's how you deliver it. They do a phenomenal job of helping advisors deliver a unique and compelling experience to clients, all while allowing the advisor to drive substantially more revenue. Have you guys ever heard that talk is cheap? Well, duh. While we're on talkradio.nyc, we don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the SMB landscape and use it, take it, create more impact. Come Monday morning when we get back to the office, whatever that looks like in today's post-pandemic world, whatever. Far too often, SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the new app, the new tech. In my travels, products change every single day and every other facet of our lives. Personal business does not matter. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first. If you do that, you keep a focus on a good, tight, tangible process that's going to help you achieve your goal. You do that, the right products will present themselves when they're needed. Everything begins and ends with the people. On that happy note, we have a great show for you here today. Our special guest is none other than Chris Shuba, 
CEO and founder of Helios Quantitative Research. Throughout the financial crisis of 2008 and the years following, it became clear that quantitative, data-driven, emotionless approaches of institutional asset managers were better equipped for success in today's markets. And that's not really a surprise because due to the access of information that all of us have nowadays with all these fine devices at our fingertips, uh, people are hungry for information that is tangible. So Chris took note of this after his time with various strategic roles at Ameriprise Financial and as a senior quantitative analyst with Columbia Threadneedle. Chris developed the ability for retail financial advisors to finally have access to complex mathematical models that are designed to really mitigate like risk manage downside volatility without sacrificing, you know, those nice cowboy upside times of the market. In 2014, he joined Westlake, Grawl and Glover as their chief investment officer and launched a series of volatility managed algorithms. Algorithms are always a hot topic these days in almost any conversation you could find any industry. So love this type of approach. These models were met with immediate interest and acceptance across a broad range of clients. Within a year, financial advisors across the nation began to seek access to Chris and his algorithms and Helios Quantitative Research was founded. Helios Quantitative Research provides algorithm-driven turnkey investment management solutions to financial advisors and their clients. It allows the advisor to provide a more consistent investment strategy at a lesser cost to the client, all while allowing the advisor to drive substantially more revenue. Today, Helios influences, I believe, over $35 billion in assets. So bravo, man. In 2015, Chris was named the Greater Sacramento Area's Face of Investing by Sacramento Magazine. But aside from these recognitions... Chris has a people-centric storytelling way about him that, in my travels, other quantitatively focused folks just don't possess. Very magical, very unicorn-esque. He is a regular speaker and contributor at industry conferences and events uh, such as those hosted by J.P. Morgan, State Street, other major presences in the financial industry. And this just in, Helios Integrated Planning, a portion of the Helios uh, suite of services, was named a 2021 Industry Awards finalist. Uh, by uh, the wealthmanagement.com. It's a wealthy award finalist. So bravo there as well. Chris lives uh, near Sacramento, California with his wife and two children. He is one of the absolute best people I could think of to discuss this topic with us here today. And as always, we're going to discuss my favorite three questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What is your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Mr. Shuba, waking up at the crack of dawn on the West Coast to come hang with me this morning. Welcome to Always Friday. Great to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. This is fantastic. I know those shades are a, a result of your birthday party, not your persona. So you're not fooling anyone today, just so you know. <laughs> yes, I, I had no intention of fooling anybody. Uh, the recovery is rough. We had a blast last night. But uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more maybe about my antics later on. But let's hear a little bit about your antics, Chris. Mm. You know, give us a little bit about how you got to this point, because you have a phenomenal story. Yeah, it's a long story. I think I think everyone has their own long story these days. But um, but for me, and I think for most folks out there, your career path was almost an accident. You know, you're a product of these random decisions you make across the board. Uh, for me, though, you know, it really always boiled down to, um, you know, math is really everything that I always did. Uh, I loved the little secret knowledge that you could get from you know doing all the mathy stuff, um, and really, it really manifested itself you know, I think we even talked about this a while back ago is I just really wanted to work less in college. So, um, 
So myself and a, and a couple other guys, we said, well, let's, let's go ahead and figure out how to uh, use all of our mathematics skills quantitatively to make a little money on the sports betting side. And so we, uh, <laughs> once that started to work out pretty well for us, we, uh, I was kind of hooked on the math world and everything else from there is just a, a derivative of, well, this is my only skill set. No one else will pay me to do anything else out there. So I'll just continue <laughs> down this path and lo and behold, here we are. So um, I certainly have lots of details for you, but the genesis really just came down to, I really didn't want to work as much in college and I figured I could use math to help me out. And <laughs> here we are. I, I, I love it. And, uh, yeah, I think it goes a long way to the idea of also it's, you know, being a storytelling type of guy, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even right behind you, you know, for folks that are looking out there in uh, TV land, it's, you, know, you have all these mathematical formulas written on a, on a snowboard that has the Helios <laughs> logo on it. I freaking love it. It's just so cool. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My team got me that for my birthday uh, a while back ago. I've only used one snowboard and that's a, a LibTech Scape Banana 156. And so they, I guess, went to LibTech and, and uh, had to make me a, a Helios version of it. And so I stuck it there and then, you know, with every intention of using it, but now everyone talks about it. So I've just left it <laughs> behind me. <laughs> I, I love it. Another thing I love, uh, you know, just, you know, surfing your site as I've done many times is that, you know, you're in somewhat of a service-based business. You're partnering with financial advisors. You're helping them deliver a great end product to clients, helping them streamline things, helping them, you know, really spend more time with prospective clients, existing clients, which is where the most magic happens when you're a financial professional. So I love on your site that you have a resume up there, like for yours, basically for you and your team and your skills as being, you know, the chief investment officer arm, if you will, for, you know, boutique financial firms that really can use some help and, you know, expertise in that area. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, what drove this concept to have like, kind of like a company team-wide resume on the website? It's like, you know, and, and the idea of, you know, instead of your ne- just hiring one person, you can hire an entire experienced team for your next hire. I love this freaking concept. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was my idea. Um, our our chief investment officer, Joe Mallon, actually came up with that a while back ago. Um, you, you know, you nailed it. We we exist in a world where we talk about algorithms and stochastic calculus and all this stuff all day long, that there's a very big gap between what makes complete and total sense to us in a conversation and what, you know, we do support a large number of financial advisors, but we also support asset managers, hedge funds, anybody in the world of asset management. But our main business, as you mentioned, is is working directly with advisors. And when you do as much stuff as we do, um, it gets really difficult to explain it all in a very quick and concise way. And so the resume concept of saying, you know, exactly what you just said, instead of, you know, hiring one person and bringing that business risk and expense into your practice, why not hire, you know, 40 people and get all the power and benefit of that for a fraction of the cost of, you know, doing it in-house. And so that's the the concept of outsourcing anywhere, really. Same exact idea. Um, But we just thought, you know, the resume was a fun way to get the point across, especially when we know we're in such a wide and deep topic that, you know, it takes, it takes anyone exploring, working with us a little bit of time to dig through all this stuff we can do the formal due diligence process for sure. I mean, I absolutely love it. And uh, if I have to give Joe Mallon credit, I absolutely will, but I, I might have to steal that from you guys at some point. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, before we cut to a break here, I want to sit out by the fire pit that I made in my backyard last mm-hmm. year because, you know, pandemic wise, we wanted a cool place to hang out. Yeah. But, you know, just to tell a quick story, 
you know, going to market as a financial professional today is way, a way different story than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that people could try to be the smartest folks in the room, the next great economist, the only one on the block that understood mutual funds and investing. It's like those days are somewhat behind us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks that succeeded in the financial services business as an advisor, as an asset manager, a wholesaler, whatever, the, the same tactics, strategies, et cetera, they don't necessarily work as effectively these days. And I'm not always somebody who says, you know, this time it's different, but the way that people are taking in information and going to market and taking action is a little bit different than it has been in the past. And Chris and I were kicking around the idea just the other day of early success can really be one of life's worst teachers. And that's, you know, people tend to get set in their ways where, you know, it's human nature. It's just how things happen. But you know, the, the only constant is change. And I think a lot of people deep down understand that and they tend to forget it. Financial services and the things that surround it, it's a very, very competitive business. Really difficult to do it yourself. I don't like the idea of ever going to a gunfight with an olive fork. Bring a bazooka with you. You know, like having Chris and Helios right beside you. You know, we're going to kick around a lot of things today with Chris. But you know, one concept that I saw a bunch of times that kept coming up is, it's, you know, it's better to be different than better, but why not have both? So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Chris Yuba, CEO and founder of Helios Quantitative Research. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. It's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're here with Chris Shuba, CEO and founder of Helios Quantitative Research. We're going to dive into the method part of our show where we talk about the uh, what you do, how you do it, how you go to market for it. But before we get there, I wanted to talk a little bit about Helios. Uh, those watching out there, there's a picture of Helios behind me, the god and personification of the sun from Greek mythology, often depicted in art with a radiant crown and driving a horse-drawn chariot through the sky. He was a guardian of oaths and also the god of sight. Helios is usually depicted as a handsome young man, there you go, Shuba, crowned with the shining of the sun who drove the chariot of the sun across the sky each day to earth. Helios is said to drive a golden chariot drawn by steeds, and the horses were given fire-related names. The, I don't want to butcher these Greek pronunciations, but the fiery one, he who turns the sky, the, these are the meanings, blazing and burning. And I see uh, Helios Quantitative Research doing a lot of that in the industry. But uh, Helios is seen as both a personification of the sun and the fundamental creative power behind it, which is important here. And as a result, is often worshipped as a god of life and creation. Homer described Helios as a god who gives joy to mortals, and other ancient texts give him the epithet gracious, epithet gracious, which, you know, given that he's the source of life and regeneration and associated with the creation of the world. One passage said, the earth flourished when you shone forth and made the plants fruitful, when you laughed and brought to life the living creatures when you permitted, just like an advisor's practice, can flourish when partnering with Chris Shuba and his team at Helios Quantitative Research. So, Shuba, give us the method behind the madness. What are you guys doing these days? How are you doing it? How are you going to market for it? You know, I, I don't think I've even read so much about Helios as than what you just actually said. That's, there you uh, go. You learn something new every day. I man. learned something new. Yeah, some of it I knew, but I didn't hear those quotes. But, um, yeah, so 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 such a big question you asked me is, you know, what do we do as a firm? And And I think if I had to just sum it up and I, and I like to say this, you know, I don't want to make this a, a super, you know, our industry type of conversation, but our tagline as a company is confidence when you need it most. And what I feel when, especially when you talk about taking complex things and making them simple for people is you have to create a pathway for folks to go from where they are to where they need to be. And generally speaking, the way that you can, do something like that, especially in a long journey, like the type of journey that a financial advisor takes with a client, is you have to keep them, you have to keep, if I'm an advisor, I have to keep my clients in a really good spot mentally for many years, knowing that you're going to go up, you're going to go down, you're going to have periods where you're the hero, you're going to have periods where you're the goat. And how do you keep a client confident that through those good times and bad, that you're making the right decisions for them over and over and over again. And that's that's the premise of why quant as an asset management approach has flourished in not only institutional, but retail for, for many years now. And the reason for that is that quant puts a framework or a process of statistics around all those decisions. You know, as an example, that if you if I give you a coin and I say flip this 10 times and you get eight heads, well, what are you going to think? Are you going to think that, wow, I'm always going to get 80% heads? Or are you thinking to yourself, wow, for that small sample of flips of this coin, I got 80% heads knowing I should have gotten 50%. As you flip that coin many thousands of times, as an example, you know that it's eventually going to be 50-50 or dang close to it, right? Absolutely. And that's what you have confidence 
in your knowledge that if you keep flipping that coin, you're going to get this eventual result that you want, this 50-50 ratio, right? It's the exact same thing in quant when you think about all the decisions that get made around, you know, do I have more equity or less equity, or do I have this holding or that holding? As you make these statistical decisions over time, they become more like the outcome that you're eventually working towards. Having the confidence in that statistical process gives from a behavioral finance perspective, people a much higher probability of sticking with something through good times and bad and being happy with the services that they're receiving. When they don't have, when, when people don't have that framework of thinking statistically in their brain, they tend to become very short-term thinkers. What yes. have you done for me lately? Did I make money last week? Did I make money last quarter? And that's the world that we know destroys long-run wealth. So we've kind of been that company standing there saying, if you don't want that short-term focus anymore. The only path to a long-term focus is, is process and research. And that's effectively what we do, right? Um, and, and, and that's the, that's the message. That's the mantra, you know, talking to someone who doesn't know anything about finance, about what we do really, you know? Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's dead on. And I'm going to give you an, an analogy, a story that I used to relate to folks when I was a, a wholesaler on behalf of a quantitative shop. And I used to say, if you're interviewing two financial advisors, one says to you, I've been using the same investment vehicles for the past 20 years. You could set your watch by their performance. Like they've never done me wrong. All my clients are using them. We're all doing great versus someone who says, I have a six step process to how I allocate money. A lot of it is driven by you know, your risk tolerance, your retirement goals, your time horizon, et cetera, et cetera. But then here's how I apply my philosophy to it. Which one do you choose? And I was always kind of horrified that greater than 50% of the time, most folks that I would ask that question to would say, I'll pick the one that's been using the same investment vehicles for the past 20 years. You could set your watch by their performance. And it used to drive me crazy because just like you said, advising is a process. It's not a product. It's taking stock of where you are now, where you want to go, and figuring out the way that you want to get there. And that's a great analogy and discussion to a lot of businesses out there. It has nothing to do with the rabbit hole of quantitative analytics and statistical finance and all of that. It's, it's a pretty simple concept. Wouldn't you agree? It, I mean, the world of, of asset management from a retail financial advisor's perspective is vastly complex because they're dealing with the front of the emotion that everyone brings to the table. Most advisors I've run across are very good. I've run across a, a number of them that are that are literally mailing it in at this point, but that's any industry whatsoever. And yeah. <laughs> you know, they play they trade really hard off of their relationships with people, but what they really deliver on the back end for the price they're charging is minimal compared to other advisors. That's not that's not the majority of advisors. That's certainly a minority um, that we that at least we've experienced. The the thing about um, the big problem with our industry in that regard is there's nothing to compare it to. We've, we, we've done so much analytical analysis on the use of benchmarks as a guideline. And functionally, benchmarks actually hurt more than they help um, <laughs> because of the competitive nature of people. People tend to make decisions when they're losing, quote unquote, relative to a benchmark. But I won't go down that rabbit hole here, but what I can tell you is that if, you know, if you're listening here and I'm just give you a little bit of helpful advice, if you want to compound your portfolio more quickly, rely less on benchmarking, 
rely more on what rate of return you know you need over the long run and make decisions off of that. Um, because every strategy will go through goods and bads relative to a benchmark. And what you don't want to do is sell your strategy when it just so happens that it's not beating the benchmark for that year or quarter. Right. It's such a finite period of time. But in any case, um, so the outcomes that get driven, and when you look at compound rates of a quantitative, dynamic, fact-based relationship with what's going on in the world, and you compare that against doing what's worked for 20 years, <laughs> it's not even in the same realm of conversation. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, it, it, but because people don't get that research and information, you know, most people think about their finances, you know, the money goes in the 401k, they might have some leftover they toss in their IRA and, and invest beyond that. They sit down with their advisor, you know, two, three, four times a year. Advisor says, yep, things are going well, or maybe we make some changes. And that's the extent that people engage. Uh, yeah. which is why we don't work directly with people. We only work with advisors because advisors, you know, that believe in the way that we think about things as well. Um, it's a great partnership and, and and that's how the execution happens. People don't have the appetite for it most of the time. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I 100% agree with you in my travels. I've seen it the same way, but you know, th there's a lot of stuff on your website and out mm -hmm. there about Helios and you know, it's, it's distilled very, very nicely. I, I love the way your site is laid out. I love your approach. But one of the first things you see on your main landing page is what you know, folks see behind me who are watching, you know, your clients value your relationship more than anything else. And I think that's such a powerful piece that a lot of advisors, you know, will overlook sometimes. And like, it's like when they take a step back and they really look at it, it's, they know that's what everybody values. It's like you know, how they go back and forth with the client, how they know the client, everybody's different. Everybody's got different risk tolerance. Everybody's got different time horizon. And just like you said, it's going to be, you know, it's not really about benchmarks. It's about what that person needs for them to live the life that they want, when they want, how they want, all of that. And that's a relationship-driven conversation. So I love the fact that with what you guys do, advisors can spend more time going out with existing clients, prospecting new clients, forming other strategic partnerships that will lead them to new end-user clients and prospects if they have you guys in, in the holster, in the utility belt as a superhero. Yeah. I love There's that story. This is, you nailed it. And there's two things. I mean, I, I think most advisors will tell you they built their business on relationships, right? So most advisors superpower is the ability to build a relationship. And that's what we think. I mean, in anybody who ever looks at any form of an outsourcing conversation, what you're really saying is I want to maximize my time on what I do best, right? And so for advisors, that's generally meeting with clients, meeting with prospects, making sure that they're delivering a great service to them. Um, that's, that's, that's number one and that's key. But what also is great about the relationship is a word that we use a ton and I've already used it once is this idea of confidence, right? To us, confidence is not trust. It's, 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 um, or I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's not faith, right? It's a level beyond trust and faith. It's through education that you become confident. And the only time you're going to listen to someone and allow them to educate you is if that relationship is there, right? Yeah. So we always tell advisors, we don't want you to trust us, right? We don't want you to have faith in us. We want you to have confidence in us because you have to have trust and faith plus education to equal confidence. 
And that's the level that they want of their clients. We want of our clients. And I think that's, that, that's true for any industry, but too much of our world focuses on, you know, well, just trust us, you know, Hey, I've learned about your risk tolerance. You're moderate. Uh, we're going to put you in a 50% stock, 50% bond portfolio. And then the client says, well, well, what's going to happen when the market starts to get crazy? I don't know. We'll handle it then. Just trust us. <laughs> That's an issue in our industry. What we want to stay instead is this is exactly what we're going to do when the next crisis happens. And here's all the research that we've done that shows us, statistically speaking, that's the right thing we want to do. And if we write, make the right statistical decision over and over and over again, well, our opportunity to compound goes parabolic. And that's why institutions always win. And frankly, why retail investors usually lose. Yep. It's, it's literally that simple. But in order to get there, you have to have confidence. In order to have confidence, you need education. And you're not going to get education unless you have the, the trust and faith in someone that comes from a relationship to start with. So it's really the headwater of everything. Absolutely. When we encounter turbulence during our flight, which we may, here's what we're going to do next to control the situation. I love the way you put that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Chris Shuba, CEO and founder at Helios Quantitative Research. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with Chris Shuba, CEO and founder at Helios Quantitative Research, providing confidence when you need it most, but also helping financial advisors harness the power of differentiation. Again, it's uh, nice to be better, but uh, being different, it has a whole different kind of aura around it. So, Chris, we're going to dive a little bit into the madness. You know, now that we talked a little bit about the method, we're going to go into the madness. And you know, one thing that I, one thing that I see happening a lot is you know, folks are still trying to one up others by becoming the next great economist, trying to do things bigger, better, faster, cheaper. You know, there's just not enough time in the day. And it's something that you have, you know, right on, on your page of your website, you know, there's just not enough time in the day. And that's a lot of what you guys, you know, with Helios, you're able to provide with your platform, with your analytics, with your algorithms is you're able to take the burden of, of the financial professional community having to do that on their own so that they can go out and see more clients and prospects but yet there's still people trying to be all things to all people. So Chris, tell us a little bit about the madness that you see nowadays. Stories from the field, no subject to taboo. Let's get after it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that's a business mistake in general that that we made in the very beginning was not being sure who we were exactly. Um, you know, if you look at the timeline of, of our experience, you know, right out of the gate, you know, you, you, you do something, you do it well, people hear about it, and then you start getting the questions. Well, I see you do this. Can you do this too? Um, and, and at first, when you want to grow revenue, you're like, yeah, we can, we can do that, you know, or, or you're not super specific about your type of client, right? Where you say, oh, yeah, this guy, he's a real big pain in the butt, but hey, we need the money, so let's work with him, right? It ends up being a time suck. So I think that, that just like in life, you mature and you identify who your friends are. And you gravitate towards certain folks that you really resonate with. And it's not everyone. Same thing happens with the business, right? In, in all walks of life. Um, and so, you know, when we set out and said, hey, we're going to be, um, we're going to be uh, really focused on doing what we do best for a very narrow window of advisors. We actually put from a method perspective, just one of our methods, a limitation on our business. We went and said, we're going to work with less than 5% of all the advisors that are out there. And so we put population controls around how many people would work in a density area. And what that focus, what that made us do is really interview advisors, frankly, in the same way they were interviewing us, because we only had a certain number of spots in any metro area. And so what we've found is that as a firm that increased our brand, that, um, that, that made folks value us in a strange way um, and, uh, and not in a strange way, in a purposeful way, but, but it helped them understand that we were serious about being a partner to them. And I think that's great advice for, for really any business that's listening at the moment is the more intentional we got about who we were and who we served the more our business grew. And that sounds weird, but I, at the same point in time, I think that there's been enough conversations about niche you know, presences and marketing boutique now that, that that's commonplace thought process, but we're just one more of those stories that's, that's true in that regard. 
Yeah, it's, I think it's a great story, and it's one that I've experienced in a, n- a number of ways myself, but especially as of late, you know, you know, folks here know me as an SMB guy, which I am. That's my mm-hmm. love, small, medium-sized business. You know, but by day, I work for a company called Extensus HR, which is a payroll, human resources, PEO. It's an outsourcing firm. It's administrative burden that, you know, business owners, they, a lot of times, they feel like they need to do it, especially when they're getting started. But then as they start to grow and mature, just like you said, they, their time is clearly spent better in other places. So you and I and some of our, of our friends that I've actually interviewed over the past few months, we're doing a rep webinar next week about securing additional revenue from your book of business. And what I love about this story that's coming together with us is originally we were targeting financial ins- advisors and insurance professionals. But the topics are so relevant, and this is something you mentioned earlier, where there's not much to compare financial services to. But to me, in certain ways, there is. And this is one of them where almost any business out there wants to get more revenue out of their efforts. They want to have stickier clients. They want to have longer-term relationships. But a lot of times, they're not necessarily going in that direction themselves. If they really get introspective and look internally, be like, "What, what do I do best? You know, what can I outsource offload to folks who are true professionals in the industry. And, you know, you're a quant guy, you're a numbers guy, you know, there's studies out there that just show even outsourcing the administrative burden piece of things can lead back to an approximate 27% return on investment of money that you dump into it, just because of the time that you have freed up and the mind space to go after more clients and more stickier business. So, you know, mm-hmm. one other obstacles are you guys running into with getting folks to adopt this mentality. I love the idea of it being boutique, by the way, 5% of the advisor population is a great target, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's still folks that are like, yeah, sounds good, but I think I might be able to do it better. Yeah. There's, there's really three, every, every industry has obstacles. Our three big ones are there's a, there's a, there's a number of advisors that are out there in which their sense of self, who they see themselves as are, is as I'm an investor, I'm a stock picker, I do this, right? And that's the value prop I bring to my book. Now, we have run across some very big successful practices in which that's the mentality, but overwhelmingly, those are smaller advisors uh, that tend to have a very tough time growing their business because, again, it's a function of time. If you're a rainmaker advisor and you want to go out there and build your book, you got to spend maximum time out there meeting people, servicing clients, driving referrals, and so on and so forth. We spend a bunch of time behind a computer, you know, X, Y, or Z in a a spreadsheet. That's just less time growing the business. So number one, we do run across that a lot. Number two, there there are folks that are out there that, that are simply resistant to quant because it is relatively new. And quant is the bleeding edge of, of technology and innovation in our space, right? It's all about learning new things, doing data analytics, discovering new knowledge and implementing it, right? And some people don't like that. Some people don't like what the facts, well, well, we got a new data set that wasn't previously available um, because now the Fed publishes this information we never were able to get to before. Well, great. We did a bunch of research on what the Fed is now publishing. And lo and behold, this helps us understand volatility differently. So we've had this volatility algorithm around for 25 years and we added this piece to it. So technically now it is a new algorithm, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to do anything that's new. You know what I mean? (laughs) Show me 35 years of history. Okay. There's simply that mentality that exists for a certain number of advisors. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But again, mathematically speaking, we can pull that back and say, okay, well, 
you know, if, if we if we use the old way of doing things worth it versus volatility versus the new volatility, again, the compound rate on average is far lower for not adopting quantitative approaches. Right. So that's another big one is just there's that mentality. So do it yourself. My sense of who I am as an advisor and, you know, this is what I do. And then the third one that we come across a lot, uh, which is a barrier is there's a number of advisors that want to build an empire in-house. They want to have 700 employees and they want a clients to walk in in this big palatial office and see people running around everywhere. And, um, and they want to do everything in-house, which is, which is totally cool. Super expensive, lots of business risk there. Um, you know, much lower margin approach to things, but that's their mentality. Um, and again, nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Our company is built for the advisors that are that want to maximize the growth of their business, maximize their profitability, mitigate their business risk, um, and and kind of build a modern company. Um, and 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 like I said, I have good friends of mine that one of them's an empire builder, right? He wants a thousand people in his office, right? We don't work with him um, because he wants to have seventy five staff people now. It's it's worth more to him than than scale and efficiency in his business, right? Um, I have another buddy of mine, a great friend who knows him since college. He's a do-it-yourselfer. He's got a a book. He is so good in front of a client that his book is a third of the size that it should be because he spends you know fourteen hours a week trying to 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 do his own um his his own asset management. And and the reality of it is is that the stuff available for free on the internet is better than what he's doing can't convince him of that, but that's the truth. Obviously not. It, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And, and again, like I said, there's, there's room in our industry for all types. Um, we certainly know who we service for sure. And I think that's very important and powerful these days, you know, doing the ideal client type of exercise. I, I related in storytelling format to the Goldilocks approach. There's too mm-hmm. hot, there's too cold and there's just right. Mm-hmm. And just right is very often a combination of a couple of things, just like your know, quantitative analytics are a little newer than other types of analytics that are out there. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, to me, a lot of times some of the best magic in that space is, you know, have a, a quantitative type of, you know, formula driven data, data driven data backed process that kind of screens things one way. And then if you want to apply in, you know, something that's qualitative, more, you know, subjective lens type of thing, that's still a good story to tell that you can relate to almost anybody, even if they're mm-hmm. not in finance. Right. So, you know, there's two ways to do anything in this life. You reinvent the wheel, you spend money, time, and resources, do it your way, or you plug into something that works out there. And you know, when it comes to what, what you guys are doing and what folks really need out there, especially if they're a financial advisor that's really trying to take their business to the next level and invested in it, they need this type of partnership because if they're going to sit, yeah. if they're going to sit and do this type of work behind a the computer, they're not going to be able to meet folks just like you said. Well, in, in, in my opinion, and in, in, again, everyone in their business, you know, finds the cause they find, you know, something that they really rally behind and, 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 in all walks of life. I have a buddy of mine who works for target and he buys ketchup and for whatever reason, he loves it. He geeks out on it. He finds meaning and purpose in this. And and I joke, we joke all the time, but he really loves the dynamics of that business, not the fact that it's ketchup, right? And so in our world too, where where, where my passion lies is that I'm a math guy. We can show all the math nine ways from Sunday, 
the most statistically relevant decisions you can make in really any given market over and over again that gives you a better shot at achieving your financial plan, your goals, and so on and so forth. And to me, anybody not doing it that way needs to know we exist, needs to know that there is a way, because my belief structure is that every advisor wants to look across the table at their client and saying, we are doing everything we can to make sure that your hopes and dreams are realized. Unfortunately, that's not true for the vast majority of folks. The vast majority of folks are getting off the shelf, bare bones solutions that are available free or nearly free to almost every advisor that's out there. And unfortunately, you know, that's just simple reality across the board. And I, and I'm painting a very bleak picture here. Clearly. I mean, I'm talking my own book here, but, um, but the point here is that, you know, we then see ourselves as a mission to say, look, we, we need to let everyone know, every advisor know. And a lot of our, a lot of our advisor relationships don't come because an advisor hears of us. They come because one of their clients goes to them and says, Hey, have you heard about this? You know? And then of course we, we get to know them a little bit. Um, but it's really our mission out there to say, look, whether people work with us or not, advisors need to know that things like this exist. And just like every other business, advisors are busy, busy folks. They yes. got a lot going on. And so getting Mindshare to have them all of a sudden realize that this type of technology and resources out there is, is really one of our goals. And that's what drives us, right? Because we, we believe fundamentally that every advisor wants to look across the table and say, we are doing everything we possibly can to drive the goals that you need done. And, um, and of course, there's some out there that don't think that way. But again, that's the minority majority. Or, I'm sorry, that's the minority. But um, that drives us, right? That drives I, us. I, I love that that drives you guys. I love that your website is heliosdriven.com because that <laughs> is what drives you guys. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. Phenomenal conversation, Chris. We're going to be right back with Chris Shuba, CEO and founder at Helios Quantitative Research. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with Chris Shuba, CEO and founder at Helios Quantitative Research. Don't forget, once again, if you guys like entrepreneur-related discussions, small, medium-sized business-related talk, stay with talkradio.myc for the 12 o'clock Eastern Time show, The Entrepreneurial Web with Jeremiah Fox, bound to get some pearls of wisdom from Jeremiah and his guest. But back to Always Friday, we're going to take things home with Chris Shuba here, get, get into the messaging part of today what weekend insight can folks take away you know to really have some 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 so what weekend insight can folks really have, take away to make a monday impact man still recovering from last night people you know, good birthday for me uh but you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that we've kicked around here today chris and you know again i love the idea of it's better to be different than it is to be better but why not be both what you do how you do it how you guys really spread spread the message you know you're really empowering folks to be both different and better. I've had two words that have governed my entire year this year, differentiation and gamification. If I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. I like things to be fun, you know, but differentiation is really important. So, you know, as far as, you know, the pearls of wisdom to give everyone over the weekend, you know, assuming everyone does as much partying as I did for my birthday, you know, what can we give everybody so that they remember, so they get back to the office on Monday and really can make some impact. Lay it on us. Studies show that when you're on mute, I can't hear you, though. Yeah, there we go. It's alerting me. Hey, are you talking? Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a big question and fun. So, you know, I, I would I would almost even change it a little bit and say obvious differentiation, you know, talking about my uh, going. I don't know why I'm talking about my buddy at Target today, but I am, um, you know, when, when I ask him, well, what's the difference between you and Walmart? Right. Oh my gosh, she starts listing out all these different differences. But unless you're really paying attention to 99% of them, you don't get it, right? Well, our aisles are, you know, six inches wider and our lighting is this hue instead of that hue. And and it makes a better shopping experience. And I would agree, I think I do, you know, personally like Target over Walmart, but the reality of it is, is it's all pricing, right? I mean, the, the big thing that everyone drives to is, well, if you're going to sell something for $20 and I can buy it here for 10, people don't care how wide your 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 lights or how wide your aisles are. They want the $10 price, right? And so there's always this idea of what is the differentiation that's obvious and, and, and matters. And, you know, in a relationship driven industry, like what financial advice is, the only way that you're going to grow as an advisor is you, you, you have to take business from someone else. You could, you can buy another practice, which is a lot of, you know, people, they say, oh, we, we grew by, you know, 50% last year. Okay. Well, how did that growth go? Well, I purchased a practice. Okay. Well, that's awesome. But that's also not organic growth, right? That's not a measure of your business capability out there competing in the marketplace and, and absorbing market share. So when you think about how you're going to take a relationship from someone else is you have to give them something that they don't have, an either or equation. And the vast majority of advisors, in my humble opinion, um, do the same thing with Target and Walmart. They have all these little focuses of things that ultimately 
do not matter. What an advisor has to demonstrate is your odds of achieving all of your hopes and dreams and goals are far better with me than with that person down the street. And the only way you're going to do that is by articulating it, showing it, sliding it across the table and saying, this is exactly how, and you gobble up assets, right? That's how it works. And it's by having confidence when you need it most, which is what you guys provide. I'm going to leave everyone with this quote before we get into some more fun here. (laughs) I heard it this morning in Maya Angelou quote, uh, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And if you make them feel confident with your communication and you as an advisor or a financial professional avoid the idea of being commoditized, which is something that happens every day, you find yourself in a winning position and a position of comfort and really achieving the life that you're looking for. So Chris, love the discussion. Before we let you go today, we're going to revisit my favorite three questions. Who is your Mm. favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument? Who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? So without further ado, Mm -hmm. Shuba's favorite movie (laughs) character is none other than Iron Man. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I love this answer for you because, you know, brilliant, badass guy after being held captive in an Afghan cave, this billionaire engineer creates a unique weaponized suit of armor to fight evil. And it's kind of just like the platform and process and technology and algorithms that Chris has made at Helios. That's what he's doing is he's trying to be make make folks Iron Man for the industry, which is actually kind of funny because I don't know if you know Kyle Van Pelt with uh, Skyens, buddy of mine, but uh, he always considers himself the Iron Man of fintech. So good dude, you might want to meet one day. I do like to join my guests in my pictures wherever I can. So there I am with you there. And uh, a little bit, a little bit closer up and personal for good old Tony Stark. And uh, I figured we could join the rest of the Avengers in a quick group shot. So there's you as Tony Stark, and there's me as Thor, because there's no shot in hell I was ever going to have those long, blonde, flowing locks. So moving right along, favorite TV show, and I can't believe this is the first, I think this is the first time I've actually gotten this one. Come to think of it, I might have had one answer. My favorite TV show is Game of Thrones, <laughs> and hope you're ready. Um, Game of Thrones, you know, phenomenal show. Nine noble families fight for control over the mythical land of Westeros while an ancient enemy returns after being dormant from millennia. Winter is coming. Winter is here. Well, actually, summer is here, but uh, I couldn't help myself. I, I put Chris's face on the picture. Oh, I definitely need that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it, baby. Don't worry. Uh, so I, I didn't know who your, who your favorite character was. So it's like a smorgasbord of characters here. But uh, yeah, I couldn't help Jamie Lannister. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, your face is close enough to some of these folks anyway. But yeah, great answer. Great applicability. I, I put myself in a picture here. There's no way I was ever going to be a ginger with a red beard either. So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. But, you know, for the financial advisor world, it's actually kind of similar that they're always trying to fight to be better, faster, cheaper, et cetera, but not always the focused on being different. Differentiate yourself. It's hard to find a different show than Game of Thrones. It's pretty differentiated than a lot of things out there, right? So favorite instrument, Chris actually had an interesting answer. He said the drums, not any sort of real favorite drummer that he wants to hear, but just likes the drums and also likes bass guitar, things that provide the rhythm for you know, the music and for the songs. And I thought that was an interesting answer provided what they do at Helios, really providing the right rhythm and cadence for financial advisors to do what they do best. But I had to superimpose his face onto somebody. So 
Travis Barker is the most common answer that we get from Blink-182. But I personally have been thinking about Ringo Starr the last few days because I watched Yellow Submarine the other day. And a uh, great movie for those of you who've never seen it. Uh, but yeah, there you are. Right in oh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Chris Yuba, pleasure to speak with you here today. I appreciate you waking up at the crack of dawn out on the West Coast. We have Chris's contact information. He's got his own podcast through Helios that's run by a couple of his colleagues called the Due Dilly Podcast. Uh, Due Diligence, big part of the business. So Due Dilly Podcast, bound to get some pearls of wisdom there. Again, we're doing a webinar together next week on securing additional revenue for for your book of business uh, with uh, Extensus HR and Machen McDonald and Ray Harrison, other folks that we've interviewed here on, on Always Friday. So if you guys are interested in attending that, email me at sfrey, S-F-R-E-Y, at extensusgroup.com, and uh, I'll send you guys the link to register for it. Uh, coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Joshua Margolis. He's the owner and founder of Mind Over Matter NYC. He's a personal trainer. We're going to be talking about your premier virtual fitness experience. Until then, we hope you guys got some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Chris, thank you once again for joining me here today. We will see you guys next week, 11 a.m. Eastern time here on talkradio.myc. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. 
This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 